the gang leader rides side saddle on his motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's just me on my laptop, like doing editing. <laughs> Dude, you're in a sidecar trading and someone else drives you around. And then I'm in one of those fucking scooters with the roll cage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just pathetic. There are people in golf carts. It's just like a complete fucking a monstrosity of a gang. Just a gang of losers. <laughs> Welcome to your life. There's no turning back Even while we sleep We will find you Acting on your best behavior Turn your back on Mother Nature Everybody wants to rule the world What happened to that last one? I'm just I'm so thwarted by the gods, man. Man, what do you mean? Last one was great, brother. You know, I've had some... Oh, I'm just so tired, man, because it was like... I did the the mug off and then it was like... Mm. I was like, dude, this sound... I can't hear what Yaz is saying. And then they sort of... They adjusted (laughs) it. I just assumed, oh, I'm like... Oh, they've just got shit equipment. I'm like, I'm just going to go with this. Yeah. (laughs) It was so hard. I honestly could hear hardly anything they say. And then I was just sort of just trying to do it. And then halfway through, I was like, man, like, seriously, this is so fucking awful. I don't know what you guys can hear, but I, I can't hear. I, Yaz has done a story on Harvey um, Norman or something. And I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even know what he said. Yeah. I'm like, this is, it's made it virtually unplayable. And then Jerry goes up to the audio and he goes, what about this? And I'm like, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> Like that, I'm like, I've, you've totally mugged me off. Like the last step you say was the favourite, the most popular. I said, I've been yelling into the abyss for 50 minutes. I'm like, it's been the most traumatic thing of my whole life. I'm telling you a pamphlet story. I didn't get any feedback. I was like, this has been like a Zoom gig. I'm like, that pamphlet story is not great. Where I said, oh, like we got this pamphlet round and um, we worked out that the mate was trying to rip us off. So it was like. We'll just, uh, we just started bidding the pamphlets and he's giving us money. Like he, oh, he, great. He's, he sublet his pamphlet round. So then we were like, we just did our street where he checked and then the rest we just binned, like, well, most of them. Like, we did an odd box. And then, and then there was, like, no reaction to that. And I'm like, fuck, dude, that's all I've got, hey. Like, and, then I'm so, and then I'm like, let me, let me try another mug off. And I'm like, oh, we used to be a mystery shopper, which was true. I used to be a mystery shopper. And oh, man, how was I that, wo- dude? How long did you do that for? Dude, I did it for like two years and it was the best job ever. A mate hooked me up with it and you, do, you went to like Pizza Hut, KFC, and you would just buy meals and review it. But then early on I was like, well... I don't want to get anyone fired. Yeah, like exactly. What, what am I? The, what am I? The hall monitor, the, the dobber. <laughs> oh, they're doing a bad job. So all I used to do is go into the store and like with a pen and take down their names, Karen, Marshall or whatever. And I'd be like, I didn't. I ended up like, because I was trying to lose weight, I, I wasn't buying any of the food. Like I just fucking, <laughs> I just went into, went into the shop and got like the manager's name and the names <laughs> that matched up and then drove off and go like, Incredible pizza, mate. Some of the best. 
Man, I'm I like, bet there almost, were some people. It's at, almost uh, gourmet. I bet there were some people at Pizza Hut. It was like, oh, that weird guy with the pencils back, man. I think he's writing down our name tag. Dude, and they're like, You're like oh, I'm he's writing down helping names. you, cunt. I'm doing you a favor. I'm like, do you understand what I'm doing for you here? <laughs> there's there's feces on the floor in the bathroom, and I'm saying it's one of the spickest span bathrooms ever. So I'm giving them this mug off story. I'm like, this would be great. And then, like, it's. All I'm hearing is like no feedback. So I'm like, oh, well, look, maybe it wasn't a great thing to do. You know, in hindsight, I probably should have done the shopping. Like, I'm just backing out of all of it. I'm like, do you know, I really regret it. And I probably, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, fuck, if only I could have fucking heard them. But now, now I am now mentally like Alex Williamson. Like people are being like, dude, he came on the mug off. He's just interrupting. We honestly don't know what the fuck's wrong with this guy now. Do you know? And then I'm yelling about Melbourne comics and I'm like, fuck, surely they'll react to this. I'm Man, like, did you Melbourne see idiots. in between, because uh, we recorded the last episode a couple of hours ago. By the way, I've read some fucking sad, desperate messages from you, but nothing as sad as can pod now, men. I'm just sitting here. That has to be the saddest thing you've ever sent my way. I know, Usually, man. I'm pulling like, teeth to get you on a fucking microphone. Mate, now, now I'm like... Uh, I, I don't even leave the office anymore. I'm just, I just basically, from the stress of this mug off thing, I just basically fell asleep on a, a sofa. I was just like, oh man, end of days now. I'm like, what a, what a follow-up album. Because I was trying to say it early on and they couldn't even hear me. I'm like, this is like trying to follow up Nanette. I'm like, when she did her dog thing. Like, I'm, I'm doubling, I'm, do you know, dog story. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, I... Even just plugging this in then, the headset smacked me in the face <laughs> and almost, almost drew blood. I pulled it up from the ground and it whipped me in the eye and I was like, Jesus Christ, man, inanimate objects are now trying to take me out. <laughs> but man, in between uh, the last pod and this one, few hours uh yeah alex alex williamson was on his facebook going oh guys as you can see i'm struggling with my mental health and i've got booked in with a psychiatrist oh he's copping to it he's going like i need help man like i'm going to see a oh mate i cannot believe that he's done this because um i I was saying it before and i said it on the mug i'm like this is the only way he can lose if he listens to the gatekeepers and he, he backs out of it, he's, he's going to f- fucking trash his career. And he's done it! No, he's but so then, stupid. You don't, don't excuse the behaviour. I was going the other way, brother. No, no, look, I, I, I went the other way. Look, I, understand, I think anyone but a moron wouldn't... I said it in that last step. He's obviously mm. got bipolar and he was in a manic outburst. Like, yeah. when he, anyone's being del- delusions of grandeur, like, my comedy's greater than you. Like, Hicks has done it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not saying that he's funny but i'm saying he obviously in his head was in delusions of grandeur and like that's why he was bombing because he was up there and he shouldn't have been in front of a crowd no but then all these people feasting on it and it was actually the entire purpose of are you okay day like everyone in the crowd should have been like (laughs) saying at the end man we love you we get through this instead there there's people in the crowd filming it and feasting on someone melting <laughs> in, under the, the weight of their own mental health. It's like, yeah, man, there's, uh, there's a clearly a sick person on stage who needs help and the reaction to it is, yeah, what a fuckhead. <laughs> now we can finally see oh, him for who he is. Oh, what a fuckhead. And, like, do you know what I, I love about it is it's always the same thing. Whoever filmed that 
is a sicko because um, well, because firstly, you should never film anything, especially at a live performance. Come on. Well, you shouldn't be filming comedy, but then also it's sort of like the 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 people that film it and they'll say, you know, you're on a train and someone like a, a small Chinese woman's getting attacked, and then you're like, no one even stepped in. I'm like. Least of all, the person that videoed it all, changing <laughs> Zoom, putting in sound effects, bum, 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 bum. I'm like, what are you? You're, like, you're, you're doing sort of street photography. I'm like, you, if you really wanted to address this, should have stepped in and go, oi, oi, dude, chill out, stop this. But instead you captured it to try and get Kardashian fame. So I'm like, the video, the person that filmed it is despicable. Do you know, unless that was the only way of sort of like they didn't want to address it, but they thought they'd just film it. Maybe that's mm. what you do. Well, man, there's like that uh, that famous Nat Geo picture, right, of the the African kid and the vulture yep. sitting right next to him, and that photographer, like their instructions were to not interfere. But even, like even after that, he's like he helps the kid and makes sure the kid doesn't die. Um, but, oh, then, but, but, man, but then but then that dude that dude killed himself. Like he committed suicide because of the atrocities that he had seen and taken photos of. Of course, but and he shouldn't have no been photoing. No one's doing that for. Well, I, it's, it is a it is a good picture, but no one's doing that for Shooter Williamson, are they? No one's offing themselves at the end <laughs> from a train fight. I love Nat Geo's <laughs> advice because they're like never interfere with nature, so they just watch dingoes rip open like baby <laughs> turtles, and then. It still applies to, to to the humans there. They're like, never interfere with nature. This vulture is going to have a feast. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that photo should never exist. It's so true. Someone should have shooted away because the photo meant that the kid was in peril to get that shot. Like they let the vulture right down there. And even, even though they saved him after, he yeah. still for a while thought that a Westerner was going to film him being eaten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. Which is kind, which is what happened to Alex Williamson, really. No one stepped in to stop the guy throwing the glass, but someone did get their phone out to be like, mate, this is going on Twitter later and it's going to be fucking massive. Oh, and they love it. And, and do you know what they'll end up doing? Is, uh, today, tonight, we'll try to be the story and then they will, they will try to do a sub story. Going like, yeah, I was on the night, I filmed it. Do you know that they, they do it so often? And then it'll be on project and they'll be contacting the project. Hey, just can you please tag the footage? I'm the guy that filmed it. I want to get my socials up. Do you know what I mean? That's what they want to do. People love shade and Frodo. Dude, they have that feeding frenzy, but it's actually, they don't realise the feeding frenzy is the most despicable thing to come out of the video. Like the, the way everyone's feasting on it, licking their lips as they watch someone mauled apart that should actually be pulled aside and helped. Yeah, destroyed by glass vultures, by schooner vultures being thrown at his Mate, head. I just love the thought of the guy that's got it hot press in his hands coming from that gig <laughs> with a grin on his face, going like, you know what? I'm going to have a family meal at McDonald's at the drive-thru before I celebrate my rise. My rise to YouTube stardom. This is, it begins now. I too can be Alex Shooter Williamson. That's the intent of the person that uploaded it, right? That was their intention. Yeah, it's to climb over the corpse of the person on stage. It was uh, like a gas chamber, man. You know how they end up in a, a, a pyramid thing because everyone claws to the top. And this guy clawed over Shooter and thought, it's my time to shine, baby. I'm coming. <laughs> they Shooter dragged him. He opened his eyes at the last second and said, I've got a mental illness and grabbed him by the ankles and pulled him down. Oh, mate. And he will rise again. The thing is, what will, he, what will come from this? Like him saying he's got, he needs help is not... 
Maybe. I mean, he Where did say is it? that he... Where is it? It was on his Facebook. Where's he written it? It was on his Facebook. What did he write? He There's said... There's nothing in there. Let me... F- I don't know how to find it anymore, man. Where is it? Shooter Williams is uh, from Happy Gilmore, right? So, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Even his name is sort of like a parody of that. I'm Shooter Williams doing the air guns. Like, even his name was was an, uh, like a barley knockoff, even from the beginning. I, man, I don't know. You know, it's probably one of those, like, his mates were calling him that in school thing. You know, like yeah. they all saw the film and they were like, oh, Williamson, shoot her, mate. Mate, they, they do that all the time and then you embrace the nickname and it's a hacky nickname, but, yeah. you know, that's the best they can come up with. Oh, look, he's written, <laughs> mental health is such a tap out of anything. He goes like, I'm smiling in the sun as I realise I'm going to reach out and they're going to fix me. And they're like, they're not really, dude. They're going to drug you into a corner and make you a little <laughs> meat version of yourself. He's like, "There, I'm seeing a doctor tomorrow. I'm like, you're seeing a GP Tomorrow he'll throw a dart at your mind and just hopefully fix it. The chances are you're probably getting worse when they put you on LexiPro and you end up uh, you end up a serial killer because they, they kill off the empathy in your mind. Do you know what I mean? Like the grim reality is he's probably about to destroy his life. Man, what um what are the what are the meds that they've tried to get you on and how have they gone for you? Mate, you know what the thing with mental health is like Instill, until a human can understand the universe of consciousness, all it is is a crapshoot and a guessing task, right? No one, it totally no one is, understands man. how we process, uh, how, how do we see something and how does it become a, an image in your head. Until someone can explain that to me, I don't think you should be throwing darts up into the head with random meds, like <laughs> letting off nuclear bombs, just going like, just get rid of the medella. We'll just fucking wipe that out and see what happens. Oh, he seems, he seems better. His hands still work. He should be all right. He's, he's not. Uh, he's no intuition. He can't respond to basic stimuli. He puts his hands into open flames and doesn't seem to react. It's not going to be dangerous at all. Where he's like, what happened? What happened to your hand? I was cooking sausages and I realised after 20 minutes my hand was in the Bunsen burner. I didn't feel anything. But I've been able to work at uh, Office Works for the last three months and I'm employee of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that you know this uh, this message? This message has always been done to to patch up. It's probably with his Insta model who's fuming with him <laughs> and going like, "What are you done? Like a move like this is because she's she's stormed out of the house. He's argued and goes, "I'm better than you." He's drunk on white wine. He's going, "Look what I've done!" <laughs> it's so funny. And she's like, "You're disgusting. I'll never speak to you today." And this is his passive reach out. Hoping that she'll check Insta and going like, he's found hope. It's gonna, he's gonna be back. My Alex, my beautiful Alex with the heart of gold's coming home. He's such a sweetheart. Once he gets on meds, he's he's basically Mother Teresa. He's a kind man that just likes to punch down at minority groups. He's a kind man. He likes to hit homeless people and down downtrodden, downtrodden. Not enough. Shooter Williams is gonna go and put his boot on your neck. You know. Oh, it's a kind spirit. He's an Aussie larrikin and he's a battler and he needs a helping hand at the moment. And I think that we should all rally around and give it to Dude, him. Dude, I hope, I hope Mugoff didn't miss it because I was like, he's one of the great voices. And I said, he comes from the stock, the Rodney Roods, the Kevin, <laughs> the great, the great voices of a generation. And I was thinking, because I just came after the Melbourne rad and I thought like, people are going to take this literally, like the voice of a generation. <laughs> Obviously, they must know I'm joking. I mean, you, you got to bash both ways, right? It's like, look, man, 
late, like fucking true to Williamson can do whatever he wants. And I hope he has great success doing it. Sick. I hope his fans go out and enjoy him. And I hope he does get whatever mental help he needs because he shouldn't be screaming at people like that from a stage and threatening them. But at the same time as well, it's like, man, uh, if you want to fucking rag on his comedy and you don't like what he does and you think it's offensive or whatever, like all the more power to you. But well, you can't drag him it- off the stage. But think, think about the idea of comedy. Like, good comedy should be a sledgehammer to everything. Left, mm. right, middle. Like, it should be a nutcracker. You, you know, if you've got a good friend that's got a big nose, you make sure to point that out and use it in your podcast. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because it's funny. And honesty and genuine truth is where the humour is. And yeah, yeah, yeah. some eggs get broken, but an omelette <laughs> is made. Do you know what I mean? A comedy yeah, yeah. omelette. Because I think that... I think, like, as a comedian, like, people are rallying to him now, but, like, he, as a comedian, of course, you should go multiple ways because I've, I've, I've flipped five times. I've said it's the greatest set I've ever seen and then also <laughs> I've attacked him as a minority-hating pig and I'm just trying to find what angle sits most comfortable in my comedy gun. Hey, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I really yeah, don't yeah. care. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a great opportunity to attack both Alex Williamson and the people who are disparaging Alex Williamson. And well, they should the- all be attacked, including the people who threw the glass, the people who got hit in the head. <laughs> Dude, 100%. And, and it's like my vibe. It's like I am actually the camera guy. Maybe I can get some traction from this, get some followers. But then you play both sides. When, when you go like, it's <laughs> what, best set ever? Then someone goes, shocking, and you're like, I know, he's been punching down for years. And you just, no one knows what, you'll just say, I'll just say whatever. Whatever you want to hear. I can't really speak to his comedy because I haven't, I haven't seen him perform. Dude, he's actually, his uh, sketches are funny. Like, right. he's got some good ones in there, and it's like, I, 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 don't, I don't think they're bad. Like, like they are good ones and bad ones, but I'm like, that's better than most comedians. I've watched a few that are great. You know, and some are awful, but I'm like, that's about the consistency of most comics. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not many are yeah. sitting home runs. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm like, what about the, the 10 that you like? Like, obviously, you hate 100, but there's 10 in there, even for the worst critic, that would go like, you know what? That's actually pretty funny about the dad hitting you or dad being aggressive with your, your marks. Do you know what I love? He's getting rallied. All the uh, YouTube people are helping him and no, everyone else is letting him hang out to dry. Just All the Lewis there. Spears and the French are in there. Like, you go, girl. You're brave, son. There's suddenly some solidarity and sort of uh, that vibe of, uh, do you know what I mean? Of, of, of white knighting or being good, which is something that they, they, actively, they actively mock. They mock this in their stand-up <laughs> about this uh, kitty glove sort of helping someone. <laughs> and but they're, they're nice, man. They're nice people. Like, I've met them. I've worked with them. And they are nice people. Dude, I, like all, I love all of them. I haven't met Alex, but Frenchie and Lewis Spears, man, like oh, dude, super great nice. guys. I've never met Frenchie and crushes. Frenchie, Neil, all of them are great. All the YouTubers are, are very nice people. But I love nice. all the YouTube. I wish I was on YouTube. Get me on YouTube, guys. I'd love to be there. Sure thing podcast. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> it's what I was saying on Mug Off. It's like we we need to join the revolution and go hard right. It seems to be where the money is. <laughs> Go yeah, to man. the honeypot. I'm like, unfortunately, all these privileged views of, you know, like um, moral or being kind, 
it's only available to the upper elite that are in the first world that are living <coughs> in privilege. Everyone else has to just get McDonald's drive-through, <laughs> keep cup. What are you fucking talking about? Plastic straw, whatever comes with the meal deal, dude. I don't get an opportunity <laughs> to protect turtles while I'm still trying to keep my kid in nappies. I don't get. I didn't get the choice to make moral decisions about my food. I'm like, what's the cheapest chicken I can get? Yeah, it's one that's been in a gag and mask and treated like a pig. It's two cents. You know, it's a two dollars fifty hot chicken. I'm like, so let me get this right. It was in chicken fights. Yeah. And it's like, well, fucking hook it up in a burger, dude. The kids live for another day. We don't get to make that choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only yeah, a privileged yeah. person goes, I want, I want a chicken that's been named. It's got to have, what's its star sign? <coughs> I want to see photos of it in a, in a, in a fucking hen house uh, playing, playing on, the, on the accordion or the fucking, uh, the rec- you know, what's uh, something, fucking a piano. What's the, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Obviously a rant that's fallen to pieces. <laughs> From a man who has also fallen to pieces. Hey, oh, uh, can we get man? Let's fucking because I wanted to do this. Dude, but we were talking about one. this. We we're talking about this more about the Patreon, and I, I know it's probably not the right time to hit it. But what were we going <laughs> to use the Patreon for? Well, so we did have we had a Patreon there, which is a joke. Like, it's a joke Patreon. I set it up with a fucking with a five hundred dollar minimum buy-in. But then some clever duck called Hank. Hank. Fuck, I can't remember now, man. Some cunt. Hank's putting money in. You know, you know. I think someone else that we should reach out that might want to get on our Patreon now is Shooter Williams. <laughs> if we offer some mental assistance, I'll be like, dude, I've got the, I got what ails you. I've got your elixir. Come and listen to me do hacky, uh, like uh, half-assed pa- uh, parodies of Alan Watts' ideas. <laughs> and, and you can, I said you might be just dumb enough to actually find something in it. Even though it's a complete joke, we're just being stupid. You might go, you know what? Makes a lot of sense. I'm Shooter McGill, Shooter Williams. But anyway, yeah, man, you know what the, the thing was? It was in line with that Nat Geo thing. So we wanted mm. to get some sponsor kits and pimp, yeah. pimp our ride, pimp our peasant. Like we're going to give, you know how you pay a dollar a day? We're going to give one a grand a, a grand a month. <laughs> No, a grand a day, man. We're gonna have we got this. We got yeah. We got with the we're we're talking about what to do with the Patreon money and what to do with the with the fun. You know what? It's always meager. It's always meager. Oh, they they get enough money to learn to read. I'm like, what about enough money to end up owning the whole village? They're yeah. running brothels. They've got money. <laughs> they're they're the, the kingpin, and they're like there's there's some sure thing podcast, and they've got like fucking um, drug dealer sunnies on and a fur coat. And they're wandering around and they're going like, he dropped out of school. You know why? Because he's earning more than the mayor of this village, of Shishongi village. He's loaded. They're sending money through this podcast and they're corrupting him and turning him into Andrew Forrest, a local Andrew Forrest that ends up, he ends up setting up water, but it's, it's sold at huge amounts of money or prostitution of your daughter to get like access to this well. A classic Nestle move. Dude, it's a classic yeah, yeah. sure thing, right? Because that's what we're trying to achieve here and we're never going to get it. But we might be able to get it in these <laughs> microcosms out in these third worlds. In the same way that you can go to Bali and live for 30 cents on the dollar, we can send all of our money to Balut in a village and he can be riding high. He can live our fantasy and he can send photos of that. Here we are, man. We've got people in cages out here, man. I'm killing it. There's no rules. 
It turns out your $1,000 is enough to set up. I've got a fucking zoo out the back of my mud hut. We've got fucking crazy shit, <laughs> endangered species. We're running a circus. We're racing humans. We're able to do everything you dreamt of. For as little as 30 grand a year, we've achieved what a billionaire can achieve in a first world country. And that, would be, that could be one of our sponsors. To elevate someone into a maniacal genius level, to, to push someone. And then they're going, you've changed, took, matuk, you've changed. And like, well, $1,000 a day will change anyone, man, especially where we live. I'm, uh, I'm limitless now. I can do anything. I'm riding, I'm riding a cheetah into, uh, into the, the brothel. Do whatever. Well, we were talking about the, uh, we think we figured out a way to make the fund work so we can incorporate sure thing proprietary limited and you can finally get involved because I, I mean honestly we never would have thought to think this or say it or dream it but yeah. since we started the podcast people have been messaging both of us saying how can i throw my money into this fucking people want it man downward roller coaster into the dirt and get on board this half-built roller coaster. It's just a fucking... It's a track that ends where it should go up. <laughs> and we fly oh. off the end into the mud. <laughs> All profits will be used for stuff like to try bring down corporations, elevate lower people, <laughs> just cause chaos. <laughs> do you know, it's, it's tying in. We can finally do the stick story, which was like the merch. Do you know, we wanted to see how depraved... <laughs> Merch could be, and we were planning to, like, I'd always thought if I made it in comedy that I'd just sell sticks at my gigs, <laughs> that I'd grab at a park. But then we had a better idea. If you're a patron, we'll send you a stick a week through the mail system and just clog mm. up the entire postal network where, like, post office, you know, like, they're basically thousands of park sticks just transferring through, and then they can return it to sender. So, you know what I mean? Like, mailmen <laughs> will look like local boys in the third world with a... Uh, a scooter that's got 30 or 300 sticks loaded up that are being delivered and you've just got a stamp and an address on it and it's park sticks that come and we send them to you or your neighbour. Because even if you don't want it, imagine if someone you hated just starts getting sticks. One a day. Early on it's, it's a bit funny, but once you're getting sticks and you're at 30 or 40 sticks, you're like, someone's going to the, prop, the, the trouble of writing my address, putting stamps on sticks, and they're getting delivered to my post office every day. Well, the genius thing about sticks is that they don't require any wrapping. All you need is the address on there and, uh, and the stamp, and you're good to go. And even in the early stages, uh, we can send sticks either a whole we take a whole street and we send a stick to all of them or we do just nail them down and identify one person and i love it because it's chaotic it's chaotic because initially people don't know what's going on and they think like the post office uh, postman must be angry about their dog and he started (laughs) shoving sticks into their letterbox but it's part (laughs) of our our grand scheme like a fight club thing suddenly mail's getting ripped up against sure things sticks they're like, it, the whole mail system has been destroyed by sticks. And it's like, you haven't actually committed any crime. You just put park park debris into the postal system. <laughs> that yeah, just yeah, clutters yeah. it all. And they're like, there's thousands of sticks. We don't know what's happened. Sticks everywhere. Fucking st- hundreds of sticks. These fucking, there's people going to parks sending <laughs> sticks. But anyway, look. The riff was never going to work. It's next time we bailed sticks. Sticks gone. It was so much better when it was made up on the spot. 
Now we're doubling back on sticks. But we can't, man. We can get, we can get the because we're gonna have the. We do have the Discord there, which you finally, we finally in. So when we incorporate, there's a little, there's a little Discord. We'll put a link in. You can, you can get in there, and we can live stream things like getting fucking. Uh, what did you call them before? We had a matuk. I don't want to put words in your mouth. What's this? <laughs> what's the what's our African sponsor kid's name? Um, I don't know what we said, but I'm sure it was not good. Like, uh, Darren. <laughs> Darren. Yeah, Darren. All right, Darren. When children live in poverty, their nightmares become real. 13-year-old Darren is sleeping on the street in South Sudan. He has no access to clean drinking water, and he's missed out on pre-ordering a Sony PlayStation 5. We need your help to turn Darren's life around. With a fractional GDP per capita compared to Australia, every Aussie dollar we raise for Darren is the equivalent of $30 in South Sudan. That means that for just $1,000 a day, we're effectively paying Darren $10,900,000 every year. Imagine the damage he could do with that kind of funding. Darren will effectively become a king, something that you will never amount to, and will get to live it up like a big money monster. Cars, drugs, guns, women. Why the fuck would Darren ever need an education? For just $1,000 a day, Darren is going to become an unstoppable billionaire hustler. Donate to the Sure Thing Podcast Proprietary Limited Fund to give one young man living in South Sudan the chance to live a really crazy life. We can get, man, we can get Darren live on the Discord and stream it and we can take all of the money that we've gotten either through the fund uh which is will be incorporated soon we're basically just waiting for wolfie to figure out the uh the licensing we used the funds for that earlier reference which was uh contentious litigation to enforce like asic uh corpse law on on people that thought they had got away with it scot-free everything that wolfie wants to do with the fund is spite millions of dollars to attack People that thought they had got home and hose because our oh, ASIC will never take action. Suddenly, the sure thing is pushing for uh, personal damages <laughs> on the ha- behalf of shareholders, and they're like, "We got away with it." So, what do you want to do, Wolfie? We get we we incorporate, and then uh, we start making money with the fund through very legitimate and definitely profitable investing schemes. And oh, we make huge money, huge and money, and then dispense it back and. Um, but I don't know what, what, you know, there's all sorts of activities we need to do. And then, but then we become a roving attack force and we go back through the litany of people who have fucked you over through insider trading and high frequency trades and market manipulation. We start at the beginning. Early, my early maths teacher, early high school. <laughs> we start at the very beginning. You know, you got it's like an AA. You got to start at number one on the list. Step one, yeah, it's a twelve-step program. There's a lady in year nine that thought she got away with it, and she's about <laughs> to be to be to to receive a special little package in her retirement home, and it's called fucking karma. Sure thing, karma. <laughs> But do you know what? You know what else, uh, Matt? You know what would be funny is with Alex Williamson is if we did what we we talked about because the mental health thing we could start um, doing signs and signals where he keeps seeing the number thirteen, but we're putting on buses <laughs> and we start playing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You hire the the GP and he's getting better and then worse and he doesn't know what's happening. They're like, dude, you're having massive recovery, and then it's like, nah, nah, man, you've hit the skids and more meds. Do you know? Just put him into absolute chaos. <laughs> 
chaos. <laughs> We're down the shops and people are whispering, man, your health will never be better. Your mental health has gone down. <laughs> and it's like, what's, what's going on? Like he doesn't realise he's in a massive Truman show. But anyway, that's, that's uh, probably not the best idea. But uh, obviously, <laughs> best wishes out to Shooter McGavin or McWilliams for his recovery, hey? Where's the Mick coming from? <laughs> I, hope you, I hope you can find the sun, ma'am. Uh, whatever, you, whatever you said. I hope you can smile into the sun someday, sir. Uh, but, it, man, it, it would be good to get uh, Bullet on the man on the stream with us as we take what could potentially be a life-changing amount of money for him and gamble it away on a very highly leveraged uh nasdaq mate this is actually probably the meanest thing ever because you end up giving him all this money then he buys into investing and then he watches it all fall away (laughs) and ends up back at the mud art (laughs) and he's dined on uh, free-range chickens and he's been able to make the ethical decisions about straws <laughs> and he's lived it and then he's back in the hut and he's like, the worst thing that ever happened was sure thing. Yeah, it was a good year where I trotted around the world doing tours and stuff, but look where it ended up. I owe money now. I owe them money. I owe them millions of dollars from a margin loan. And he said, the village is bankrupt. We, we screwed up. We invested in a windmill. Out in Amsterdam, I don't know what they were doing. They were just coming up with more and more harebrained, crazy ideas just to, to generate content. We've been we've been katooded. We've been screwed. These idiots. And we we also uh, oh man, as well as as well as getting Darren from the village out of the village. That's right. We wanted to bring him to Australia and show him a new life. Uh, but then also find some racist scumbag, uh, some fucking forklift driving yeah. piece of shit, uh, and send them over to experience another culture, maybe in African Darren's place. This is the sort of the vibe that we have. We, we do the reverse. So it's, uh, it's wife swap. swap. So mm. we grab someone like Shooter Williams and we go, if you want to really let's, find... Let's move off of Shooter no, Williams. We grab like Shooter and we say, look, if you want to find and be able to smile at the sun, we've got the package for you. You need to go to deepest Congo. We've got a place <laughs> where you'll realise money no longer matters. And we throw him in there and you'll quickly realise that he doesn't have bipolar. He just has too much free fucking time on his hands. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> When he's out there hunting for survival and people are, there's marauding villages attacking him at night, he'll be like, you know what? My mental health has never mattered less. I'm sharpening sticks trying to survive in this war-torn country with uh, kids, children of war attacking me. There's Katut. Katut's coming at me with guns. He was in the military. We didn't even know. Katut. So I didn't have bipolar. I just bored. Let's move. Let's move off of Shooter Williams thing because I feel like that's going to cause me fucking headaches down the line when it comes to. Oh, like, dude, it will looking. always come back to you, man. Because this is the thing with all people: like, you can never be honest because you always want to try get a leg up of someone else <laughs> rather than your own talent. <laughs> you always think, look, I am mediocre, so I better sniff, 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 sniff some seats <laughs> because I would never genuinely be recognised as a, a powerful mind. I have to sort of latch on to someone's coat and be dragged across the line. <laughs> oh, I hope I make it in comedy. And I'm like, well, why don't you just do it? Why don't you just crush it? It's like, oh, nah, I'll probably just send Alex Williamson a message and say, you, you be strong, girl. 
You grow stronger and hope that he gives me a support spot with my tepid, mediocre comedy. And that's how I'll elevate with some fucking mid-range shit Netflix special. And I'll be like, oh, network my way to the top. What do you see as the uh, future stepping stones for your comedy career? Man, I, I, I feel like it's... Um, it's a scratch and win that's already expired, blowing around in the dirt. Yeah, because how old are you now, Wolfie? Mate, my age is yet to be determined. My age... <laughs> I know, I was trying to get it out of you, you fuck. My age is private, man, because I feel like... Uh, I feel like... I think we've spoken about it before. Age is only used to try... Um, gauge how badly you've performed. They, 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 they never ask... They never ask and go, like, what's your age? Maybe if you've succeeded, but if, you, if you're obviously unknown, if somebody asks your age... They want to work out how much time you've wasted, do you know, and how, and how likely you are, like how close to expiry you are. It's like checking milk, checking at the back. See, oh, yeah. it's only got an hour left. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, one's, no one's checking the date in a positive way. Oh, you look no. incredible. It's just a way to categorise you and see if they can fucking bury you. You know when we incorporate, you are going to have to give me your birthday, right? Mate, well, maybe Katut might be the shadow director. <laughs> 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 but sorry you're telling me about the stepping stones and your uh mate <laughs> i just i feel like I, I had an epiphany that it was as much a delusion as everything in my life because i'm gigging i do no work i never write i don't try to develop in any meaningful way i i, I, I serve up the same cold mashed potato over and over to satiate my ego, I get a drink bought in for, for me. I'm probably half bl- blind drunk slurring. And I, I just, I, I shake my fist at the Melbourne comics going, when will it be my time? I've been blocked. I'm being blocked. I'm like, I'm not doing any heavy lifting. I don't really put in much effort. I largely don't deserve anything. I deserve no progress. The last 18 months I've done next to zero. I've basically gone backwards. Do you ever go back and watch your uh, 2012 Raw set and think, wow, it was so good when I uh, jokes that were well-crafted? Dude, I never <laughs> even watched that garbage. Hey, it was... Um, I don't even think that set You was should, good. man. It's a huge improvement to your current act. It's really like some of the shit in there is stellar. <laughs> Mate, you talk, it, you talk it up like... Uh, it's all energy flow, man. The only way I can make it is like Dane Cook. It doesn't matter about the writing. It's just about <laughs> jarring people. No, there's a point in there, man, where you drop the line. You're talking about WebMD and you say, I've just checked nine out of the ten boxes for Down syndrome. And it goes from being a pretty, like a fine set to being an absolute crusher. And the audience <laughs> has no fucking clue. What the hell? Do you do understand? <laughs> you do understand like that is on, that's a, a cancelled type line now. Like it's so off colour. Like, I'm going to find it and drop it in here, man. It's so funny. No one just gets sick anymore. They log on and they're like, fuck, I could have sworn. I just had a common cold, but I've just ticked nine of the ten boxes for Down syndrome. Because you like, it's such a fucking. It's like it is a standard premise, but to hook in with the nine out of ten boxes for Down syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> mate, <laughs> mate, I'm glad I you like that it. to so many people, man. <laughs> mate, I'm glad you like it because I think people now would say, "Oh, that that's off colour, or it's too much." But the thing is, I'm not actually, I don't believe I'm doing any punching down in that. I just well, no. a random medical condition that's totally unlikely. Do you know? Because well, one that's impossible to be, to yeah, 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 get, yeah, yeah. get the diagnosis for later. Obviously, obviously it's, it's like, 
It's totally implausible. That's a hard thing to not notice, right? You're just rocking no, around. No, but yeah, that's what I'm saying to you, like that you've gone unchecked and they're just wondering, they're wondering why you're the happy guy on school trips. And it's like no one ever picked it up. And you finally get a fucking, you finally get a computer at Commonwealth Bank where you're helping to lick stamps and you type in some details and you realise that you have a, a genetic disorder that should have been diagnosed 23 years ago. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, no wonder life's been tough. I've been, I, I knew it was, that TAFE entrance thing was fucking hard. You know what the funny thing is? I probably wouldn't do that bit now because it would be too dangerous. Cowardice. Like, yeah. Well, I just, no, I just think, I just think if it, it's not worth the stress because it, I think someone that had a kid that had Down syndrome would not like it. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to talk about sniffing someone flowers. I don't know. Whatever you want. It's very rare that I see a Down syndrome person around nowadays. Mate, just look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that clip from that show and the guy, really handsome actor, and uh, someone calls him a retard and then he look, he turns around and looks in the mirror and in his reflection it's a Down syndrome guy. Oh, and he goes, my he goes, God. He goes, I'm retarded? And he looks around <laughs> and he, and like it's supposed to be about perception and how you perceive yourself, obviously, right? It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful bit. That's actually my bit. So someone goes, "You're a retard," and then a, bus, a sort of the silhouette of a car comes past, and you see in a reflection. <laughs> oh my god, I am retarded! Oh my god, it explains everything. <laughs> that that's the same of my joke, right? This implausible realization later on, and just no one said the heart. You know, you're just unaware. It could happen, man. <laughs> no, it couldn't, Wolfie. It couldn't happen. It did happen before, man, because the thing is, before they had proper medicine, they didn't know what any of this shit was. Do you know what I mean? They'd just be wandering around just going like, fuck, we have no idea, man. Do you know what I mean? Like They, they can't yeah. diagnose it. They just go, yeah. I think he drank some dirty water and a, a, a spirit of a witch possessed him. Do you know? He gets... <laughs> They like stop staring at the moon, William. There's a very good uh, podcast that uh, a couple friends who are all in medicine of mine do. The comedians uh, and and like doctors and. Dude, look uh, at you putting your feelers out for a network. There's an incredible podcast out there that I'd really like to be involved with. I've produced this podcast and it gets fuck all listenership, like even even relative to us. But anyway, uh, my clonic jerks. It's really good. But they have the episode on on lithium. Uh, yep. And how so you had like the asylums and stuff in uh, Victoria and what the seventies yeah yeah um, and uh, it was a Melbourne guy a Melbourne doctor who discovered lithium but the way he did it man right he thought that he thought that there was something to do with urine he thought there was like this this uh, uh, this acid you could get from urine and you could uh, it would help help people so this guy's just rolling around with with guinea pigs and he's injecting these guinea pigs with with the <laughs> urine of people who have undiagnosed haven't been given a classification yet mental illnesses he's getting into piss into cups and then injecting it directly <laughs> into guinea pigs right and then and, not, and, see, and then he's taking notes and he's going wow this guinea pig seems to have an elevated mood <laughs> and this guinea pig right he goes through this whole thing and to create the, what he thought was the treatment he, he like to create this uh, this salt like this yep. like urine urine salt uh, I'm really butchering it but he 
he has to use lithium and then he eventually discovers that lithium is the thing but all because some of the guinea pigs that didn't die seemed more sedated after he had put piss in their stomachs think about that (laughs) think how funny it is the progress of science because didn't in the Victorian era, like, they used to treat hysteria or depression for females by, like, stimulating their clitoris? They would give them an organism. So they'd come in and go, like, I feel so down. And the doctor would be like, come behind this curtain. I've got a solution. It's pretty temporary. It's slightly darker than that because it wasn't even people, it wasn't even women who were depressed. It was just that the, sexually everyone was so repressed that women would come in and go, I really need to bust. And they they thought it was a bit, they were like, oh, I don't really want to, they would glove up and be like, I'll just fucking have a little Dude, that's what what they used to do. (laughs) Do the window wipers until she freaks out for a second and goes home. They're going, she's hysterical, she's hysterical. And they're like, I've got a solution for that. (laughs) (laughs) But the doctors hated it. Man, the doctors hated it so much. That's, how they invented dildos they came they were like look i don't want to and vibrators they're like i don't want to have to do this anymore it's disgusting having to touch these women and bring them to climax. oh my gosh so what i'm going to do is i'm going to create a machine and she can come and she can just fucking sit down and i'm going out the the back to do uh do my figures no wonder everyone's so angry about the past. It was so horrible. It was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, we're awful. always in there and we're like, we're paying penance for it. I'm like, well, evil always manifests. And it's like, people were horrific. <laughs> you know, we've got yeah. fucking slaves and boats. We're v- vibrating women off. Like, they're not voting. They're no just, one wants to make their wife come. <laughs> they're not even touching. They're, they're using the, a fucking stick. With a vibrator on it to try to try out the woman that's got a mental health problem. <laughs> it's <Whoa>. the worst. <laughs> um. That's what Shooter needs, man. Shooter needs to be jacked off. Fuck me. <laughs> no more Shooter Williams and Tom. I would have said that when he's, he's yelling on stage and I could have just reached down his pants and started jerking his little dick off and he would have been, he would have settled down. That's the bonobo way is, uh, is, the, the bonobos jack each other off to resolve conflicts. I heard the most terrific story when I was up in Exmouth because there's a guy up there. This is the story. I don't know if it's an urban legend, but he was sleeping with dolphins, apparently. Oh. He was sleeping with fucking dolphins, but then talking about it. They're so sleek and beautiful. <laughs> he, he was talking about it. He was a photographer, an American photographer by coincidence, probably with a <laughs> fucking... Bag of nachos as he swam out there. Corn chips. Why are they soggy? Why are my corn chips soggy? This tourist, I'm doing a very bad rating on TripAdvisor. But anyway, so, but the, the story was that he had spread around was that then he had to go away and the dolphin um, beached or killed itself. And he, he tried to say that it was because it was heartbroken. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's because you molested it, you fucking sick fuck. In his head, he's like, it's a Romeo and Juliet story. It couldn't. It couldn't live on once he had left. How was this told to you in Exmouth? I was just in the car and uh, the guy that books it was just dropping some big bombs in there. I, I wasn't 100% sure of it, but I feasted on it. I was like, oh my God, it's too much. It's too much. It is uh, too much. And probably, I don't know why. This is what happens with bad stories. You get told it and you're like, wow, too much. But then you can't resist putting it in someone else's mind and you will eventually tell someone else. And it's not well received, but it gets spread like wildfire because you're like, it's such a fucking full-on story. Oh, man, that was a shock video that I didn't want to remember that you've brought back to my fucking, <laughs> just behind my eyelids. Did you ever see uh, 
two guys, one horse? Um, no, but my, my ex went along to a film festival and it was one of the films was Alf Stewart doing his rants, fucking this and that. And the other was uh, a donkey getting jerked off and it was just sort of slid in there. So they're at a sort of foreign film festival and it was like, <laughs> hang on, this is against the law. Like, this is bestiality. Like, they're like, Dora, there's some music, Libura, Libula. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is crime, crime. Crime, not art, not art, crime, big thing. So you're traumatised, you leave and people are going like, oh, mate, the next Woody Allen. Fucking loved it. I don't understand how that, because uh, you go from being hyper-repressed and then there's sort of the like technological innovations and you've got pornography that comes in. But at some point... There was some like this whole. It was like a German thing. Like Germans were into shitting and dog yeah. fucking and some. Man, how how do you put a production together around that? I don't understand how you go and get a cameraman and like oh the, yeah yeah the, the sound rig boy to fucking hold the boom. You know what you do? It's it, you've got these uh, the snivellers that like to latch onto coattails and they're like. Oh, Manuel had great success with his first one. You know what I mean? And it's another one that was not off, uh, was all right. And then his next monstrosity, <laughs> they all jump in thinking like, here we go. I'm going to get on Netflix. We're going to make it. Because it's like, uh, I love all the Woody Allen's movies, but like, I think we've mentioned this before, but all of them are an old guy tricking a young girl into loving him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, They're all yeah. depraved in a way. It's always this witty old man that tricks a vulnerable, sexy girl into loving him. There's always a very, very questionable age gap. But everyone made it. Everyone, Scarlett Johansson, they're like, mm. I love it. I love playing a 21-year-old that's uh, banging fucking Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry <laughs> David. I'm like, what the fuck is this script? It's, if, you, if you go down to a local cafe and you see Larry David with Charlotte Johansson, you are like whispering in ear, are you all right? Do you need me to call the police? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Although I think there's, there's, there is too much uh, hindsight and judging the past with uh, today's morals. Because like Seinfeld, Jerry got away with, at the age of 38, dating an 18-year-old, uh, met a three days before her 18th birthday in Central Park and they dated for, what, a couple of years and people didn't really Dude. say anything until it popped up on my Google News feed again 12 months ago. Did he actually meet her three days before she was 18? She was 17. She turned 18 three days later and he was like, I had no idea. I didn't hey, know she was in high school. Imagine, talk about cutting it fine, hey? You oh, meet man. her. Three days, you're sort of kissing in Starbucks, and then you're you're looking. You keep looking at your watch. It's, it's like a Seinfeld episode, man. It's a Seinfeld episode. Jerry meets her in the park, and he's like, ah. <laughs> like he's gonna wait three days, and George and is of, like, like you gotta wait three days, Jerry. It's three days. It's <laughs> kicking. It's it's killing me. And then it's like beep 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 beep. I've got an appointment, guys. Do 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 him, her dancing for him and he keeps checking his stopwatch. <laughs> scouting down. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, he's legally there and then the, the script would have been like, dude, you forgot about daylight savings. You're going to jail. The clock was set back an hour. And then it's a freeze frame at the end. Dun, 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 dun. And Kramer's going like, 
Daylight savings. And he's off in handcuffs. Daylight savings, Jerry. It's a leap year. Think about the final episode of uh, Seinfeld was a bit off. It was a fat guy that was getting attacked. They didn't intervene and they went to jail. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, this was the whole script of what happened with Shooter. Someone filming it. But I'm like... Fucking off. I mean, I was just about to say, if there was ever a time to uh, <laughs> to, to crowbar in our favourite bit, maybe the original riff of our friendship, which was uh, Jerry doing the Kramer rant. <laughs> oh, now. dude, that was everything to me. Him doing the rant. In f- What's the deal with Derek? Hey, Derek? Get him out of here. He's a boop. He's a <laughs> I'm telling you, he's a babe. Like that would that Saturday in Alive blowing up. You do that rant. At, where was where was it? The comedy works. Where, where did you do it? Laugh I think Factory. It was the Laugh, Laugh Factory. Factory. Yeah. Seinfeld doing it. Oh my god. Seinfeld doing the Kramer. I mean, look, we can't do it justice. But if you're just at home, just imagine it in your head. It's so beautiful. Well, you could change it to like. Something else, like not an N-word, like an R-word. Yeah, you know what I'm not going to fuck around with, actually, Wolfie, is uh, doing, a, doing a placeholder for the N-word while I scream. He's uh, in Jerry Seinfeld's voice. You can no, do we, it. Dude, you can do it. Um, you you just got to change it into something positive. He's a God-fearing hero. Do you know, That's, like, make it no, just no, thicker? It's two syllables, so you got to, for the rhythm... He's uh <laughs> You know what you have to do if you can get a wordplay that would tie into um Seinfeld that's the same syllables that that isn't that word but uh it's a reference to Seinfeld. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like something yeah. Elaine like you know how they had all those uh throwaway oh, yeah. lines for like yeah. a serial wanker or a soft speaker or yeah. but they used to have like some Slow short to- ones. Close talker. Close yeah. talker, the, the crazy hands. They would there's one or two like short syllable ones that might fill it. And then you can do it with <laughs> impunity, sir. And then it's a great parody, isn't it? Oh. I don't know, man. I don't know if it is, if it's like, I think, <laughs> I think we're well past the point of uh, it making Well, sense. I think so as well, man, because you know what the thing is? You get complacent in your ivory tower and you forget. We have, we have no contact with this and then you sort of get titillated just fa- fucking around with these ideas, but they're actually, you shouldn't be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It just shows <laughs> that you're a yeah. private school pig. We should have no place even making... Going near this? Even now, man, it's too far. Why are we here? Why are you here, man? We were better I, off in, uh, we were better off attacking uh, Shooter Williams' mental health. That was probably more savoury. Now if, we're in the, the gutter. Well, we haven't realised, and I feel like it's a lesson for all of us, but if Shooter Williamson can be cancelled in front of his audience, we can definitely be cancelled. Dude, the thing is, he didn't get cancelled. Well, no, because he's, he's pulled it off at the end, but it's, you know... We wouldn't survive that. But he's definitely set himself up to being cancelled by apologising because um, what, what it does is just validates, um, like he shouldn't have done it, but, I mean, you should never admit this. It should all be part of the chaos that is your, your performance, right? Do yeah. you know what I mean? To admit it is to then give uh, momentum to the idea that you did wrong and then, then you've got to pay... Apologise forever Then in t- 10 years They'll be like What you did there Kicking You had some bogans From the Bathurst That had drunk 19 fucking Jack Daniels And you should never Have kicked their thing I'm like well, Whatever Who, 
it's a shame he didn't get one in the head. Fuck them, <laughs> man. Fuck those guys. What I do appreciate is that the post is not quite an apology. It's more just a... He does... The only time he says sorry is he's sorry that he's had to cancel some of his shows. Yeah, 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 dude. The post is just basically drawing the attention back in on him. Like, he, he likes the attention. And he, then he's like, I don't like the way the attention's gone now. So let me bring it in and get sympathy attention. He's looking to milk, milk the society cow. He needs milk in his mouth at all points. But he's like, he's not comfortable with this current milk. Yeah, of course. This bitter milk. You know, I haven't heard from in a while, and I don't think he has released a lot, is uh, Chris D'Elia. He has really fallen off of the face of the earth. He did the worst because it, more and more stories came out, and I was, I, I, I'm like, the longer he leaves it, it's virtually impossible now. Like, what's he going to do? How's he going to come back from He just it? sort of pops his head up and goes, hey, guys, still got some hats left over if anyone's interested. Like, he's, <laughs> he's left it so long now. Yeah, well, 12th of June, man. The 12th of June was uh, uh, his last podcast. Imagine how hard it's going to be. Like, he's going to be popping up on Instagram again and he'll probably start off by liking Louis C.K.'s latest album, <laughs> clicking a like on that. Brian Callan. Going like, you go, boy. Don't let them get you down. And slowly trying to build his his, his little uh, posse to fight the, the power. He's fucked. He is fucked, man. I don't feel bad. Like, he he always had um, the smell of a, a rich kid. A predator. You could always... Oh, oh you can just kid. smell it, dude. Yeah. His dad was uh, a massive... Produced so many shows. And you could just tell by the type of humour. It was the... The, the humour of privilege, like, just live such a great life. Do you know? It was more like, ha, 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 I, I don't know. Did you like him a lot? No, no. I mean, I've never enjoyed anything he did, really. I, so I like, oh, he was he was on those, uh, on that show You, where he played, like, a pedo. And he was... His he comedy was, was the sort of comedy you get where you're, you're on the bus going up to the Aspen Ski Lodge and he's being a bit silly around the bags. I'm like, ah. He's sort of like a Dane Cook for the... 21st yeah, 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 century, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Cracking, cracking some, some, some wisecracks as they get uh, hot chocolates out at their, their ski resort. And he's being a bit silly going, look, guys. And he puts both uh, sugar sachets into his mouth and looks like a walrus or some shit. <laughs> you know, that's the fucking level of his engagement comedically. Look, yeah, I'm a yeah. walrus. I'm a walrus. And they're like, ah, oh, Delia's done it again. <laughs> a lot of it is funny noises and wide eyes and big looks, right? Yeah, dude, it's, as I said, it's always private school boys heading to the lacrosse tournament and Delia's done it again making fart sounds under his armpit or whatever the fuck they oh, do. Oh, man, how many private school boys have you seen in the past few years in the news doing something fucking awful in Perth? I know there was, a, there was like a lacrosse team that came back to Christchurch Airport and one or two of them hopped in to the like on the baggage the baggage carousel and went for a joyride yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was that was big news for a bit it's <laughs> dude i've done that i've done that as a dare i've done a lap <laughs> on the bag but wait, you, did you go back through to the bit where you get sorted yeah yeah you go back you go back through and people get fucking angry with you because there's a group of maori guys loading it up and they're like get the fuck out of your car cuz they they don't really give a shit about your luggage back there because you know when you always go like, oh, that's weird. 
there seems to be a ding in, uh, you know, you can always see the damage that they throw the <laughs> luggage. Then to see a guy come out like a dickhead. But, uh, you know, when you're on the other side of that curtain, that frilly sort of thing that yeah, they have at yeah, Delhi, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that, that multi-plastic, as soon as you get through it, you regret it. Hey. You're trying to crawl back. <laughs> oh, this is not good. This is not good. Leave me, boys. Leave me. I had a great one at a gig a few nights ago where Dusty was doing crowd work and uh, he's chatting to this dude who didn't. He's like, oh, did you go to uni? He's like, no. He goes, oh, what do you do? And the guy goes, oh, I'm in aviation. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh. And Dusty goes, hold on a minute. Do you fly the plane or you're a baggage handler? And the kid goes, baggage handler. They're like, what a fucking. Oh. That's the, maybe the best audience line I've seen in a while, man. Coming out with work in aviation for baggage. I love when people try to dole up their jobs. <laughs> they do it all the the whole time. I've um, do you know where they, they claim to be a lawyer or an architect? And I'm like, dude, you're at you're at uni. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, even for the first ten years as a lawyer, you're not a lawyer. He's like, this kid's like, I'm an architect. I'm like, check again, <laughs> cunt. You're two years into a hex debt right now with little chance of employment. Yeah, man, you are the guy who checks that the cupboards can still open if the drawers are out. That's all you do. You don't get to claim something until you are. And, and then even in like all professional jobs, for the first 10 years, you are an errand boy or girl. Like, and then you're going around to your mates like, and, and people are asking for advice. Hey, I've had a legal issue. Do you think you can give me assistance? And they're like, yeah, leave it with me. You know, I can pull some strings. But then you see them a uh, day later on uh, the, the terrace or the, the CBD terrace pushing fucking um, Ikea, you know, Ikea see-through boxes with files on it, on a cart. <laughs> they're fucking, everyone is baggage handling until they're at least in their 30s. But they yeah. all mask around in the, the sort of hipster posh areas, you know, um, holding court with girls going yeah i'm a lawyer at one of the big practices and i'm like i don't reckon you are mate you're a fucking courier for uh, a lawyer's files it is like whenever someone who's been doing open mic comedy three times in their life goes around saying yeah i'm a comedian mate yeah, yeah i'm a comedian oh yeah no i've been doing it about a month now so i'm on my seventh gig i'm pretty much uh Pretty, pretty much ready for my special yeah man i wouldn't i would never claim to be a comedian because i feel like to be a comedian, they should know you're a comedian. Otherwise, it's a lie. Yeah. If you have to tell someone. Because you just look so dumb. You're at a barbecue and you're like, I'm a comedian. And they, they go, that's weird because I'm really into comedy and I've never seen you on anything. <laughs> and I even watch fucking Raw on SBS. So, like, I <laughs> yeah. don't know. And it's like, you know, it's like when you're in a taxi where you'd never say you're a comedian because they don't recognize you. What do you do? It, comedian requires you to be have a profile, right? What do you do? And you're like, I'm a comedian. It's basically saying... I'm a failure at that point because you have no profile, right? So you're basically going, I'm a dead shit. The boss move is to uh, never, don't say you're a comedian. And if someone pushes you, just say, I do comedy. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 comedy. yeah. And leave it. Just leave it. If you need to tell people, oh, you're doing a fucking terrible job. Man, people ask me all the time when I'm setting up shows. They're like, oh, you get up, mate. I'm like, no, nah, not in years. No. They're like, oh, man. Oh, why not? Like, it's because it was bad. And they go, oh, oh, no, I bet it was great. <laughs> I bet it was great. You go, no, nope, it's bad. I love it because, man, that's, that's the level of my stand-up. The only people that ever come up and talk to me are like that. Oh, mate, you were great. You are great. I love what you do there. And then it's sort of pause, beat, and then it's like, so what's the process of getting, up, getting involved in stand-up? <laughs> <laughs> and they're just using me as a messenger boy to get them an open mic spot. <laughs> yeah. They're like, 
What's what? It, how did you get started? Like they they're seeing me as a non-obstacle, going like, well, if this can't, if this idiot can do it, I can. And they're like, <laughs> I need to work out where he where his source is. Like, how did you get yeah. on here, mate? Because you had no, you have no hope. You're not yeah. making it. But I might as well give it a crack as well. Do you know what? <laughs> yeah. Who booked you, man? Because I've thought of a joke just before, and I'm pretty sure I could be paid for this. They're like, yeah, mate. Because yeah, I want to get involved. That's basically the only people that talk to me in, after a show. Is uh, wannabe open micers trying to find their inroad. What stage of your financial career did you finally go and do open mic? Man, I was already... Um, are you trying to like work out my age? <laughs> I can estimate your age, man. Yeah, I was already working. I, 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 that was a bit my big problem. That, that, that was the other thing that stalled it is like because I was uh, progressing in a professional career... It, it put it heightened the stakes, man, because you know what I mean? Like Perth's a small town and I'm like, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Like as soon as the partners found out, they'd be like, this has to stop. Yeah, you can't go around liquidating some guy's trucking company. Yeah. And he's like, are you the guy that I saw the other night at that? You are, man. You, I fucking saw you, man. That guy threw a schooner at you and you got booed off stage. They say, I saw you doing, you did that Seinfeld Kramer rant. What are you doing? You're the Down syndrome WebMD guy, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially in a professional job, they're like, mate, we charge you out at four hundred bucks an hour, and you're down at the pub working for drink coupons, two drink coupons and a hot dog. I'm like, mate, we can't charge professional clients full fee if you're willing to sell it for free on the street corner. We're running a high class brothel, but you're also doing hand jobs down the bus stop. Yeah. So, what point were you at when you were Started comedy. I was, um, I was uh, global head of risk. <laughs> <laughs> and when was the first time someone found out that you were moonlighting as a fuck? No, the thing that the thing that helped me was because I um I had that loophole because I I moved from London to Sydney. Oh, and you thought, now I can do it. And we had a satellite office there, yeah, so no yeah. one there. I didn't report to anyone there, so they had no one to report the the crime. Like, they, they, they were like, there was no number to report what was going on. They're like, who yeah. is this boss? Who, who is this guy? Like, we've <laughs> seen him drunk screaming at people down at a, at a pub, and now he's here, but they, they didn't know, like, well, who do we report this to? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, who is – so I was sort of – I was outside, which is what gave me that window, that pocket to start doing it. And who, what was, who was the first person who found out? What was that moment? Mate, no one found out in that job. Oh, that's good. No one found out that the recruitment job they found out and they all came down to the comedy store, but they were all losers and I was just passing through. And then yeah. they filmed it on their camera and showed everyone in, um, in the office. And I was sort of new at it. And I, I could felt like everyone was pat, patting me in the back and having a laugh, but I knew oh, that it was no. more like a pinata moment. You were good up there, mate. You were good. But it was more like <laughs> you'd walk down the corridor. They hoisted you up on the string, and then as soon as you close your eyes, they're going to bash you with Dude, the Dude, you would walk through the office, and you could see them sort of acting out behind you, your, your act. And he did this. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then hear them howling. And he's such a, such a moron. He's the worst act I've ever seen. Like, I don't think they liked it. But then in the stockbroking in that first job, it got uh, blocked. He stopped me doing it straight after Raw. Really? Why? He said, it's bullshit, dude. I can tell you're going out. You, you, we know you're gigging. 
He goes, you got to make a decision. Like, you got to be all in on this. Like, you can't be down at a fucking bar doing uh, open mics. He's like, it's what, what the hell? Like, you, you've got the great opportunity here to be a stockbroker. Who the hell wants to be a clown? Like, you have to stop doing it. So I, I think for that year when I was getting qualified, I only did about five gigs. That explains my gap, which is probably not true. It's politics between Raw and Comedy Zone. That was me getting qualified as a, as a broker. That's where I went. I only yeah, did yeah. about 20 gigs in b- that two years. Like, I fucking dropped out of the, ce- the circuit. This is with Fagan, right? Fagan, man, but I can't do Fagan now. Too much. We've got to come back it. to Fagan. Too much. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But what else can we talk about? Because you know what? Everything has fallen down and, and died. Stick wasn't that good. And then putting, putting the, the pimp your peasant, that's not nice what I've said. I feel sick about that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially so close after attacking a mental health issue. And I'm like, this is just a jagged um, uh, thorn of an app. And it's like, we've missed it. We've lost 13, which was the saviour. I told you, you're not allowed to fucking talk about 13. Anymore, we lost man. 13, then we've got 14. Shut unlucky up. 13. 14 was talking about 13. And now 15, <laughs> 15 is just mean-spirited because we've realised the dream slowly... Getting beyond our grasp as it disappears. The hedge fund guys. But no, I'm only joking. We're coming back, baby. I've had a great I had a great episode in the mug off. So keep your fucking eyes peeled for that fucking car crash. Don't listen to another podcast though. Don't we don't don't send them away. We're not we're bleeping all the names of any other projects that we have so no one can no one can escape the confines of the small cell that we're building. For you and us and we're all going to be best friends and you're going to give us all your money. We want everyone locked in like in, in Lost where they locked in that cave and they have to keep putting in a number and they, that's them logging in to see their, their net balance on the sure thing hedge fund. Just keep checking. I was telling comedians, uh, just just doing some uh, canvassing, I was going, hey, put mate, would you come on, put your super into the sure thing fund. And what did they and say? They, no way. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate Cowards man Absolute cowards Do you know what I was thinking I was saying up um, Do you know Because we're talking about Like luck Like Why didn't it just work Like work for Nathan Tinkler Do you know where you just put money in And it goes up Donald Trump did it Just goes up I'm like I was having that idea And I put it on the tweet today It's like why when you get drunk and blackout, don't you just wake up with cash? Like, why is it always bad? And you got this feeling <laughs> and you say, I've got a bad feeling. And people say, look, if you don't contact the police, they'll contact you. And you're like, why? What's happened? <laughs> but hold on. Didn't you go to work drunk every day for years, Wolfie? Why isn't your instinct just kick in and you're on the chocolate wheel and you wake up with $3.8 million and you're retired? And they're going, dude, it was the greatest run ever. You, you had no pants on. You are in underwear in the casino and you were just going, bat, you got 13 reds in a row. You're a multi-millionaire. Don't you think that would be sort of a hollow victory, though? If you woke, if you woke up with it, it would mean nothing. You would spend, it would be gone in a week. You wake up and it's like the hangover and you go, I've got a bad feeling. And then you're like, you look and there's just a bag of money and you're in the, the high rollers thing. And they're going, look, you had made so much money that we let you actually gamble with no pants on and the CCTV of you with your dick out at the chocolate well and, and you're just clapping and people are rubbing you and massaging and you're like, I'm in flow state. I can see all the numbers. And I'm like, who knew 97 bourbons would get me into flow state? I can already see it. It's preordained. 
Red, red, red. And they're like, he's got it. You got a big fucking erection. You got your dick out, but you're so rich. You end up, um, you shut down Burswood Casino. You made 3.2 billion. You actually, you wake up and the Packers have had to shut down Burswood. It's never been a run like this. A, a pantless fucking degenerate got 19 reds in a row and Jack, he put his house in, doubled it up, doubled it up, doubled it up. It's possible. There should be a story uh, yeah. like this. It is possible. It's theoretically possible. I've been in a casino and seen 19 reds in a row. So if you were blackout, you hit the table at the right time, you remortgage your house, drop that in, and then got 19 in a row, you could theoretically walk away with a billion dollars from a blackout <laughs> drunk night. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, man, you can do this at home. You know, you can change your luck tonight by getting on some kind of trading app or some crypto or gambling app and just fucking going hard. You know what I mean? Down some drinks, put a grand in the account and see how you go. I could drive home and accidentally clip a granny or something and then I go and check through her stuff and I realise <laughs> <laughs> realize she's got a mansion and then I'm like, if I just load her up into this boot and, and drag yeah. the car away, I can live in the mansion for a few years before they find out. But that never happens. You clip her, she screams, so a neighbour comes out, they see you, licence plate written down and then you're behind bars. Mate, this is the thing, like, uh, I don't know how criminals get away because, uh, you know, the surveillance, I don't even know why you would try like it's everything's covered now except for the elusive and illustrious uh financial crime the white collar crime which seems to be until that's what you need until you are bashing an old woman over the head if if things don't work out for me soon i'm gonna like turn to the dark side and then you know join like a bikey gang or just go what would be your dark side movement i think you should be leveraging some of your financial skills i would think i would i would sign up with the gypsy jokers and it'd be the greatest i'm a gypsy joker that's also a joker. I'm like, it's such a play on words. He's a gypsy and he's a joker. Doing, he does open mic while he also works on the motorbikes. Wait, is a, is a gypsy joker a gang in Perth? Yeah, yeah, it's like coffin cheaters. Right. That's a weird That's a weird angle for a gang, man. Gypsies and jokers. Imagine becoming like a gypsy joker and then they, they become your management and you hit Melbourne and there'd be a whole different vibe where you rock up on motorbikes and it's like you got a 40-seater and you got some of the resistance from the local acts. And they, they, you know, imagine the fear. You know, you arrive and you're at the town hall at flyering and you've got uh, coffin cheaters standing around <laughs> and going, like, he's our boy. He's our boy. You better fucking laugh. And he goes, I've heard, I've heard some people saying that he, they don't like what he's doing. Where are you? Where's the fucking, where's the whimsy guy with the guitar? We've got some fucking words to be said, cunt. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Imagine the fear if a gypsy joker, do you know, because they do it in sport and in music, but if they backed a comedian and then it would be like management agents would be like, well, you know what? I reckon he should get on the gala. And I'm like, yeah, too right. (laughs) Too right he's going on the gala. He's headlining the gala. He's doing 45 minutes. He is the gala. He is the gala. Man, why is it that the bikey gangs and all these gangs like mongrel mob coffin cheaters gypsy jokers however it's always like a fun word play or alliteration it's always it's always a fun little thing that they're doing and but you look at them and you think man you've never done a word play in your life how come you've staked you put it all on your, on all your jackets though i love it because they do they do those funny punny things like coffin cheater and then you're <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's and they're like so stoked when they get it because you're cheating the coffin and i'm like oh <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's also a cheetah and then it's also yeah. coffins. Even like Hell's Angels, you know? It's like, that's that's not very good. 
It's actually it's actually pretty bad. Yeah, we're the angels from hell. <laughs> we could be in lot lots of trouble here. But it it is it is a bit like a kid where they come up with a name. Do you know what I mean? Mm. The wild the wild dogs, or you know, so it, it seems it seems like you know when you do uh, uh, indoor soccer and you see the the pathetic attempts at funny names, you yes. know, in the in the roster, that's sort of what it is. Do you know, like yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah. A, a whimsical, silly, silly thing with an animal? Do you know what I mean? I do like when it's a uh, one of those LA street gangs that have kind of come out of a youth gang. So it's always like the you know like the Tenth Street Hustlers, and they're all their logos and insignias are, are quite um, uh, uh, garish and childish, but they've become quite the force to be reckoned with. You, you know, it'd be good is if they went in with like Dakar or Dakar, like we had. Like they're, trying, they're trying to impress the Dakar dogs, the, du- <laughs> the Duke of Devils, the Duke of Devils. And it's like they've been listening to the Sure Thing podcast and it's a word no one knows and suddenly everyone's using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find it actually it's cross-semination in pods, dude, because you hear a new word that's come in because one of the dumb comics must have interacted with someone smart. Like, and then suddenly every pod's got this like ingalashi or often it is they are some smart pods, but then, you, you know, like you, you, you suddenly hear it's weird. It trickles down. It's weird that Ducha or Docha or whatever the fuck, I don't even know what it is, is suddenly, <laughs> what is it, man? Suddenly? What do you mean suddenly, man? It's just you and me at the moment. Let's try no, and get Ducha. it on. Ducha. Ducha. I think it might be Ducha. 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 Right, one, man, if one of us had any sense, we would have taken the time to look for the pronunciation of this word because it's been four episodes now. I've just seen the best because I've seen the photo that comes up for it. It looks like that kid in Ethiopia, the, the vulture, but he's got a big ball that's holding him down and he's in a nappy. And I'm like, well, that's my Melbourne poster sorted. It's fucking perfect. I've, I've got it done. Man, this is the problem, right? Duca is the correct pronunciation of that spice spread oh my thing gosh. that you put on bread. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So Duca, I I got I don't know, man. We're making our own. No one knows what this fucking word is. You know, we're gonna have to start going around to uh, where do where do Hindus hang out? Do they pray or something at a place? Mate, we can't. We've already we we're already pushing. Look, look I'll send you this photo of Duca. You can see. <laughs> Click that Duke. link. Ah, oh, that that yeah, the foot man. That's it, dude. That's suffering. That's exactly yeah, 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 what that's we're what looking I'm for. And he's doing the Atlas Shrug thing. That's a great Ayn Rand. Uh, uh. But man, if you go if you go along three images, there's Ducker, which is the fucking pita bread spread made out of chickpeas or whatever it is. So, why would you call a spread suffering? I don't understand why they're so close. <laughs> Dude, you know what I like is um, where where like people get philosophy and they get it slightly wrong, but it works for them. I think we're doing a very good job of that. And, and yeah. they, they sort of go like, oh, yeah, I've got Alan Watts, I've got all these ideas. And they're like, no, you dickhead. They're not the four tenants. And they're like, oh, but I'm successful now. And you've, you, you misheard anything. Stroke the ego. <laughs> drive up. Do you know? And it's like, no, man, you, you've read it the wrong way. It's not Duca. It's, it's a corn dip. You know, it's a different <laughs> thing. You fucking, oh, man. And, it, and it's like, well, whatever it was, 
I'm fucking, I've done well out of it. That's the other thing. It's like the placebo effect. Mm-hmm. A lot of philosophy doesn't even need to work. It, you just need to think it does. And that makes you bulletproof, just wandering on freeways, just past yeah. cars, you don't care. Do you know that's what a lot of religion is? It, it makes you not accountable for your actions and you have no fear of the future because someone, if they don't take care of it, it doesn't matter. So you can just basically recklessly live your way through life without, with impunity. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, well, God made it, whatever, he'll fix it. I'm like, dude, no, you should go to TAFE and try like turn your life around. And there's like, God will fix it. God will fix it. I was thinking about a new TV show uh, and it's called Alan's Thoughts and it's kind of like uh, Charlie's Angels, but it's Alan Watts and he's got, he's, got three, he's got three Instagram thoughts and they do his bidding. Oh, mate. Do you know what we, we – that would be good. Do you know the idea we wanted was because we were with Wacker in Exmouth and we wanted, um, we wanted to turn Wacker into Russell Coit. So you know how he arrives as like a Japanese... Do you know Wacker? He's a Japanese yeah. guy. Yeah. But then we wanted him to slowly be corrupted and thinking it's Larrikin. Do you know what I mean? So it's like Outback Adventures and he's sort of out in Exmouth hunting cats and going, G'day, mate, so good to be part of the Australian culture. I'm like, this isn't the Australian culture. This is illegal. You've killed 47 cats. With some local idiots, do you know what I mean? And he's led astray. He's on a ute shooting shit off. He's drinking. He's stubbing cigarettes out on shit going like, fucking yeah, nah, mate. And it's like, no, mate, no. You're a member of the Gypsy Jokers, dude. This is not Australian culture. No one's doing this. Like, you've missed the point. I think the Russell Coit bit would be good, but you could have Wacker doing that. Yeah, that's a, do you know what I mean? Being that's a good Russell. Idea. Yeah, yeah. I do. I really want to lean into the uh, Duke of Devils, though. I think having a motorcycle gang uh, based on financial comedy suffering is a pretty is a good is a good way to go, man. You know, mate. You know what the thing is, Duke and mate. We're help, mate. We're just we're not we're not thieves, mate. We're just helping rid people of their possessions and their ego, and also selling their meth. Because we don't have egos, like you have motorbikes, but you got side carts and other people yeah, drive yeah. them. And we just sit in them. We're on our iPhones texting. And all the mufflers are very quiet and respectful. They're all, mate, they're all electric scooters. There's electric scooters that you can hire from the CBD. <laughs> the gang leader rides side saddle on his motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's just me on my laptop, like doing editing. <laughs> Dude, you're in a side cart trading and someone else drives you around. <laughs> And then I'm in one of those fucking scooters with the roll cage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just pathetic. There are people in golf carts. It's just like a complete fucking a monstrosity of a gang. Just a gang of losers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could parody, parody, parody them out of and make them look bad by creating sub-gangs and silly gangs. You could make a mockery of the gangs. But yeah, how difficult... Do you think it's more difficult to get your AFSL or more difficult to uh, start your own chapter of the Hell's Angels and then turn it silly? But the thing <laughs> is, I want to create like a, a really weak... It's not a chapter, it's a rival gang. So when they have all the meetups. We arrive up there and it's just like, what the fuck? Get the fuck out of here, guys. Do you know Duck as, duck as Devils? Well, you're like, like in the movie The Warriors, right, where they've got uh, like the guys rolling around with baseball bats, but then they've also got the gang of mimes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It would wreck, it'd wreck their meetups where you rock up. And you're too nice and they're just like, oh, my God, these guys are just fucking mentally insane. They've rocked up in their <laughs> side carts. All the patches just say kill them with kindness, but in really hardcore lettering. Dude, and we've got the, the dips. We're handing out that dip, whatever the fuck it is. Look, mate, it's a dip, but it's also about, like, 
inner peace, you know, and like <laughs> accepting suffering in your life and what it is. Yeah, man, that's it. Why not? You, you know, you, you can be a gang, but you can also still enjoy a, a nice taste, you know, and a nice little meal with that. Like a nice, uh, yeah, whatever, condiment. That's not worked. That fucking riff sucks. I, I would also like to leverage um, uh, like those 12-step programs like you were talking about, man. Get into one of them. I think If you were an isogenics, per- if you're a fucking scum-sucking vampire mm. who does something like Herbalife or isogenics, I think that would be the first place that you head up, right? And you you'd talk about uh, how your dad used to hit you and you, you were driven to drink, but now you're on isogenics and it's all fine. You're right. And you know what I've realised is maybe the listeners won't put their super in, but if we go and stand out the front of like AA and and those types, <laughs> they're perfect. These are our guys like um, Shooter Williams yeah. who's coming off yeah, ice yeah. or whatever out the front there and people like that. Can you give me another reference? No, no, for but that, I can't man? stop. I cannot put Shooter Williams Williams on ice in the fucking podcast, dude. You got to put it man. in there. We'll g- <laughs> you got to put it in there, and you know what the problem no. is? Will hold me down and fuck my mouth. You, you <laughs> caused this because you told me not to mention it, and now I'm addicted. I can't stop. <laughs> you said don't hit the red button, and I'm like every opportunity I can crowbar a reference in. I'm pulling it to him for the whole app. Twelve step program. Twelve step program. Dude, you know what we'll do is because everyone's lazy. We'll just say it's we've got the same. It's a three step program, and the last step is <laughs> is you signing up with the Sure Thing podcast and putting your super in there, and then like you're cured. And we'll get signed up with the police, and they'll go, look, well, you've got domestic violence, or you've you've been on ice, or you've lashed out at a comedy show. Who knows? I'm not referring to anyone in particular. And it would go like, you've got to go and seek remedies, and they're like, there's a few programs. There's the twelve step program. <laughs> Or there's this other one here, the three-step program from Sure Thing. <laughs> and they've compacted it into, uh, it's about a 15-minute presentation that largely involves yeah. you signing, filling out forms and giving passport and other um, money laundering requirements to sign on to, to, to our investment plans. The first five minutes is us welcoming you and giving you the dips. And then the second five minutes is us helping you on your phone, consolidate your super and hit find my, recover my password. And then the last one is you signing the forms that say that we're not liable when all the money's gone. We'll give it, it, it examples and we'll say, did you have a drug problem or did you have a finance problem? I think you had a finance <laughs> problem. I said, the reason you started robbing from your neighbours was you didn't have enough money. I said, there's a lot of high-functioning <laughs> drug addicts in this world that have had no issues. And that's how we measure the risk profile, man. We don't do the like, oh, I'm in the orange, orange, red risk category. No, no, no. We go in and we go, okay, look, what's your capital investment and how much do you need every day to maintain your addiction? Yeah. That is the number. That's the, the ROI that we aim to achieve. So that's going to determine your volatility, mate. What? You got $1,000 on you and you need $100 a day. 10% of that, that's very, that's very highly volatile. We're going to have to turn that over a few times to get Mate, it you're going to have to work for that and then we give our examples we're like Paul Kelly hey and then we put on How to Make Gravy or whatever the song is we play it and we say he was a functioning heroin addict. Look what he's done. You have a finance problem, not a drug problem. There's no issue here, mate. You just ran out of resources. You just needed more money. The reason you had to fucking be a prostitute was because you didn't have enough money and you need to invest. You need to invest. If you can buy it safely, you can live happily ever after with the sure thing pod. Yeah, man. 
That's well, heroin's never really hurt anybody. It's only the withdrawal of heroin that's caused issues, right? So if you can maintain that sort of habit, you're fine. Um, if you never get off the roller coaster, like you never have to go back to the real world, you know, you can just keep shooting up, snorting them, crushing them, whatever you like. Well, that's what you say to them, you know, what's the real problem with drugs? Well, withdrawals. That's the only real issue, <laughs> right? I don't see any other problem. Yeah. It's withdrawals. If you're on an MDMA drip, is there ever a point no. where it feels And bad? who's had a bad time on a blackout? You only have a bad time when you're not blacked out. <laughs> but if you stay in the blackout, you're fine. Yeah, the wake-up's the painful bit, man. That's the horrible part that you don't if want. If you can stay in the blackout, the only problem with a blackout is that it ends. If you can keep in the blackout, <laughs> you're fine. You just keep ploughing on. So hopefully we can get them in the midst of their addiction during a blackout on the three-step program, sign them up, and then start returning profits to their bank account before they become lucid again and regain consciousness. We don't need to really worry because this can easily be just a basic kiting scheme where uh, Hank's put his five in, and then the next guy that puts five in, we give that back to Hank and rinse and repeat. That's good. Dude, we could we could create our own pyramid Patreon scheme. That's what I'm saying. If you're at the top, and they'll say, "Look, the profits are going well," and we're like, "Hanks made uh, four dollars from his five. Wolfie, Wolfie, that man, dude, that's it. That is the core. That's how it works, brother. Every every if you join our Patreon, we're gonna give you a small portion of every subsequent sign up to our Patreon. <laughs> so what happens? What happens is you you sign on for five. And then anyone that you get below, you get a clip. And then they get a clip. And we create a pyramid scheme. It's a fucking pyramid. Yeah. It doesn't matter how we perform. As long as we manage the money and it even stays the same, we're all winning yeah. until we end up running out of people. But it's on you to go and network and sell that Tupperware door to door and pull in any yeah, yeah. fucking favour you can. As long as you can get seven on the hook, they get seven on the hook. <laughs> You can make a fortune. If we, if the next, yeah, the next person who signs up to the Patreon, we will give a, like, what, 10, 20% of that to Hank. And then as it goes down the line, we're going to keep doing that. Maybe in a pyramid, you have to create uh, branches. So Hank, cre yeah, yeah, yeah. Hank creates his branch. So if he can get five below him, then they get five below. And then Hank's... I, no, no, I can't, I can't organise them like this. We need to Hank do it is, so that Hank's, we've got... Hank's on one tree trunk because you need multiple, do you know, to really get it going. I, I, well, it needs to look like a pyramid. Dude, it's, yeah, but it's got it's to be like coral. It's got to spread out. Like, you've got you've to reward Hank. No, but we're, but we're at the top, man. We're at the top. So what we need to do is we have Hank. Yeah, we always win. We have Hank. We always win. And then we, we get we get a guy below Hank. And then if we get a guy below him, he moves up slightly. And then we'll, we'll create the first layer out of, say, 10 people. And then the next layer yes, will be yes, out of yes, 20 people. It. And we'll keep going. We'll layer it. But to start with... You need to incentivize uh, each chain, you know, to pull in another seven. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if yeah, you yeah. spread it out too yeah. much, there's not direct. They need to see the direct benefit of their seven. So basically, if they get seven, they're off the hook. They're now break even, and then then it becomes <laughs> yeah. profit. So they're like, okay, dude, all I need to do is uh, get seven of my mates signed up, and then I'm fucking home and host. Then every seven after that is just fucking limitless money. Do you know what I mean? That that's well, the way it works with the pyramid. Let's send. We'll send Hank a referral code, and then every, everyone Hank gets to use his referral code will be directly under Hank. Well, that's it. Yeah. Hank gets five, and then from then onwards yeah. is 
all profit for Hank because the five below that <laughs> becomes 25. Do you know? And Hank suddenly yeah. fucking, he's, he's uh, multi-bagged his money. And then assuming we can trade well on top, we can create a hedge fund that's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> tell me tell me this all because i think i don't know what the re- legal ramifications are for this because well it's jail it's jail idiot <laughs> but no 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 hold on because the laws around a pyramid scheme there has to be like a like this is just a patreon this is a patreon with some very confusing layered reward systems that shouldn't exist there's no obligation for us to give anyone their money back from the patreon but we are going to do so outside of the law as a sort of like a class field trip demonstration on how a pyramid scheme could benefit you if you were at the top. Why don't we make a pyramid scheme? We might not even trade it. We just use the money to set... uh, We don't use any of it. We just try to create a pyramid scheme in the Patreon to start. Yeah, yeah, to start. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have a lot of irons in the fire. I think the first thing uh, is definitely the pyramid scheme if we can get anyone else to sign up to our Patreon. You have to create a mythology around it so it has to be these Duca dragons or the Duca devils. So that's part of the idea, right? It's a three-step program to help alcoholics and dr- drug, uh, narcotic, NA and AA, narcotic, narcotic addicted people. Narcotics Anonymous and alcoholics. Three-step program. And what you do yeah. is you give the counselling and then we'll write some spiel about mm-hmm. smiling at the sun or whatever. And then yeah. the third step is signing someone up into the pyramid. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. we can have gatherings. And then as the gang grows, we can ha- start having meetups of the chapter. We can try sort of um, see if we can network with the coffin cheaters and the hell's angels <laughs> and sort of build some rapport in there. That's right. So get on the sure thing Patreon and become a Duke of Devil today and we'll reward <laughs> you in the form of a very loosely organized, not official or legally binding in any way pyramid scheme. But also once you've signed up 25 below, you, you become a gold man, uh, a member and you get patched. A gold dragon. You become a gold you dragon. You a dragon and, and you get you get given the patch, which you can put on your denim jacket and you sew it on the back and then you're part of the gang. The first five, you get the patch for the first sutra and there's five patches for all the sutras. And the fifth patch for clinging is that you have to rip all the other patches off. Yes, And that's then that's it. how you lose your ego. It's perfect. That's it. And that frees you. And so then you've got the various patches and elevations. It doesn't free you from the Patreon pyramid system, though. It frees you from your own ego. But obviously, once the structure becomes bigger, then there starts to be more sadistic requirements that lower down people have to do to yes. to add pleasure for higher up people. Do you know? Sort As all hazing. pyramids have, not not sexual stuff, but I'm just saying, like dealing with yeah, nothing weird, doing admin <laughs> or tending yeah. to, tending to stuff for you. I mean, look. There's stuff to iron out here, but it really is a great working model and it's an early draft of what, what might become Scientology. This might become yeah, Scientology, yeah. dude. Do you know why? It because might. we're also, you know, like we will blackmail and threaten people. They won't be able to leave. Like we're going to throw that in as well. We, we haven't mentioned that yet. But no, uh, we can't. I don't. That's not. That's not true. It's a perfectly. It's not a. Per, it's not a legally binding pyramid scheme. It's very loosely organized patron. No, it's not binding. It's all a, a dumb idea. But they. There needs to be some sort of way to. Um, to prevent your departure. Yeah, but Wolfie, remember how in the missing episode we spent ten minutes talking to the jury who had to listen to us now. Oh, I'm so glad that was deleted. Fuck, that was a bad episode. That was so fucking good. I'm just saying here now for the jury later, hey, guys, how's it going? But 
this is not a legally binding pyramid scheme. So when it does fucking spiral out of control and we're in handcuffs, they can't keep us in there. Yeah, I just want to say, Your Honour, you look amazing today and, you know, you can barely tell that you're 67 or whatever age you are. <laughs> you know, you should never be defined by your age, but you're a strong world and I know that you'll do the right thing today about this comedy yep. podcast. Yep, yep, and jurors uh, 1, 2, through to 12. We know all your names. There's William, there's Karen, there's Stephen. And, yeah, uh, and there's sticks in the mail coming for you. Take that to mean whatever you want. <laughs> Yeah, we're coming for you too. Whether that's in a good way to leave a little cake at your door for... Uh... Sticks. Oh, dude, dude. Welcome sticks. Once you sign up, it's unbelievable. The welcome <laughs> yeah. stick arrives. Yeah. That's so amazing. Well, you imagine showing off to your mates and going, oh, it's, fuck, it's a strong stick. I can't believe it. And you can use the stick to carve the first... Uh, the insignia of the first patch into your chest to show your loyalty to the podcast. Sure thing, proprietary limited. You use that stick to whip meth addicts out of their little fucking community <laughs> centre into the bus <laughs> to sign up for our fucking pyramid. Out of the 12 step into the three step. I'm like, first first things first, we're going to whip you on the back with this stick. <laughs> you need to learn some respect. Okay. <laughs> Twenty-five years and my life is still Trying to get up that great big hill of hope For a destination I realized quickly when I knew I should That the world was made up of this brotherhood of man For whatever that means and so I cry sometimes when I'm lying in bed Just to get it all up What's in my head and I I'm feeling a little peculiar And so I wake in the morning and I step outside And I take a deep breath and I get real high And I scream from the top of my lungs What's going on? And I say, hey Alright, man, I gotta go. Oh, mate. Well, anyway, this is it's a this. Yeah, we'll see how this we one comes out. We pulled it together out. at the end, I think, man. The end was the end was good. The twelve step thing is funny. Yeah, that'd be good, man. It's just um that the memory of those last few, the dolphin thing wasn't great. The memory of the last <laughs> few of eating away at me because when you mentioned the court thing, that was so good, and I forgot about. I that. know that was fuck. good. I wish you hadn't lost that episode, man. I could fucking strangle you right now, but that's all right. Listen to this, man. You need. Motivation, like it forces you to be better. Like if we had that one, then the last, the next five episodes will stink. Now we're really scrambling around in the dark, <laughs> trying to riff anything, and it's become garbage. But if we're truly to be podcasters, we'll find something somehow. 
in the abyss. That's true, man. Most podcasts, uh, by the by, the tenth episode, you're listening just to hear the the sound of your friends' voices. You know, it's you've you've built up a relationship with these people in your mind while you're lying there in bed at night, tr- falling asleep to the to the sound of Andrew screaming. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that's all you. That's all you're downloading the next episode for. It doesn't matter if it's good. We could go ten episodes with not nary a joke in between, and people would keep fucking listening. Well, the, you're you're describing you're describing a lot of people's entire comedy career. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like yeah, they stand up. They had it. They had a few early good jokes, and then it sort of peters. Peter Hellier somehow there's a loyalty. It Peter Hellier's away. It Peter Hellier's. <laughs> Margin personal loans Hedged by put contracts Holding 15 overexposed Bad positions Looming threat of liquidation Everybody wants to rule the world